During a pivotal early signing period, Jackson State hits big, and also Texas Southern's class is highlighted by two receiving threats. Oh yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. Play it. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Do not forget the S on the end. And I want to talk to you guys about Jackson State because at a pivotal moment, this was a very important early signing day for the Tigers. And we're actually talking about the Tigers all day when you think about it. But this was a very important early signing day for Jackson State. And I feel like they really hit big and they did everything that they needed to do. We're going to take the first segment to break down the talent that was acquired and retained, but then also take the second segment to break down why this was so important because this was a big deal that they did this at the time they did. But let's get into the talent. Like I said, and Isaiah's Guthrie to me is the star of the class. I know some people might not even include him really in the class because technically he transferred or announced his decision to transfer to Jackson State after the early signing day. So I, I can understand why somebody might not say he was a star strictly based off of ti uh, timing. I'm all lumping it together. Like this is a whole period. Those who commit are going to be in this conversation. Those who sign, those who transfer, those who decided not to enter the transfer portal. All of those are going to be part of this conversation. And it's more of a time period for me. It's more of an early signing period that I'm discussing and not so much just the day specifically. But that's just my way of looking at it. And I detail that as kind of a disclaimer to start off. But when I look at Isaiah Guthrie, man, he's a ball hawk. Four interceptions in his lone year at Delaware State. So he's coming from a, a, an HBCU. He's familiar with the culture. All of these things are new. And I'm pretty sure this was a conscious decision to go to another HBCU because he had a year, man. He had himself a year as a freshman and he had a lot of high praise. And one of those players who a lot of times goes to a bigger school. You know, so the fact that he chose an HBCU, I do believe is purposeful. And also he chose Jackson State at a time when Jackson State had a lot of, you know, question marks. But there I go. I always get ahead of myself because I, I love talking about these things. So my mind just jumps. That's what my, my mind is so sporadic. My mind just go boop, 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 boop. But let's go ahead and stay at the, at the matter at hand. Uh, Guthrie entered the transfer portal at the beginning of the season. So he didn't even play his sophomore year for Delaware State. He wasn't one of those guys who entered the portal a week ago. He's been waiting to announce his decision, and we've been waiting to hear it. He did a phenomenal job of never really fading, you know, and we're in the midst of football season. Things are going on. North Carolina Central's going. South Carolina State's going. We're talking about the beginning of the year. You got the back end. The SWAC West is going crazy. There's so many times when we could just lose ourselves in football. But I think Guthrie did a good job of making sure we knew, not that it really mattered, to us but he made sure that we knew yeah i'm still in the portal i'm still going to announce my decision all of these things he never really gave a timetable you know it wasn't was 
uh, I'll announce my decision in the middle of the year and I'm going to move it back. No, he just continued to stay present without ever feeling like he was pestering. You know, he just was present, and I continued to see him. And I thought that was nice. He was a ball hawk, like I said, four interceptions, five pass deflections. He was one of the best players in the MEAC, one of, if probably not the best defender on Delaware State as a freshman. He was a top 50 prospect for the Senior Bowl as far as HBCU players go exclusively. This guy is somebody who comes in with a lot of decoration. He's somebody who comes in with a lot of praise and a lot of expectations to be an impact player kind of immediately for Jackson State. People expect, because he did that for Delaware State, that he'll come over to JSU you and do the same thing and that's something that i'll definitely be looking at and i wonder you know and i, I i'll be honest now i'm gonna save that oh i'm gonna say that i know y'all probably hate not you know what i hate when people do that i got i reached out to guthrie and we should have him on the show friday so i'm not gonna hint at it and take it back no i'm gonna tell you guys so we should have azias guthrie on the show on friday i'm excited for that interview as long as nothing changes that will be the friday episode so look forward to that Another guy who is staying in a Delaware in his Delaware State connected is Sevian Wilkerson. And he does a, a pretty good job of kind of just keeping some continuity. And this is something we talked about when TC was first hired, the roster continuity. It hasn't been there in the way that I expected it to be there. But I do think that Wilkerson was an important piece, whether it's a lot of continuity or, or just a little bit. We're not sure how Taylor's going to run his offense. He doesn't even know who his quarterback's going to be. So I think he would like to air it out, but it might depend on how his quarterback situation looks in the spring or in the fall, depending on when guys get there. So these are things that are going to be important. But at the same time, you got Sevignon Wilkinson to balance it out. It was a point of emphasis to run the ball last year anyway. There was a reason for that. And now you come back the next the next season, you want to be able to bring back that running back. You want to be able to bring back the all-swack running back. The guy who was one of the two best running backs in the conference last year and really steadied your offense. That's going to be important. Now, I don't want to just say it's continuity. The dude's a freaking monster. Like The dude had a lot of talent coming into Jackson State, and he lived up to it in his first season. That's going to be important. Continuity or no continuity, getting a player or retaining a player of Wilkerson's caliber is going to be important. And then the other guys that I'm about to mention, they're all new to the FCS level. One's a JUCO transfer. The other two are high school prospects. And I'll, try to, I'll start off with Tristan Sion. And, and Sion, for me, is a guy who I started seeing him more and more when early signing day rolled around. Like when early signing day rolled around, that's when I started seeing Tristan's name a lot more. And he announced his decision. He's kind of similar to, to Guthrie. Hyped up decisions, um, defensive backs, and then also just seems really committed to to recruiting after they're, they're uh, announcing their intent, right? Those are two ways that there are three ways they are very similar. Now, Guthrie is a safety. We know he's a safety. With Tristan uh, Sion, we have a little bit more questions because he plays corner, he plays safety. They have that versatility where they can really use him either way. You might see these two players in the back end together. But at the same time, you can tell he plays safety when he plays corner and he has to come up for contact. He doesn't shy away from the hit. The way he tackles, you can tell this man is a safety. But I just wonder where he's going to be at, at Jackson State. And that'll be a fun game to watch. And he, like I said, this is early signing day and he's a signee. So he'll be there during spring ball. Right. And now you look at two players who won't be there during spring ball because they're just commits. I didn't see signing next to their name, but they're committed. 
And unless something changes, there'll be a Jackson State in the fall. And you have Preston Hatter and you have Phillip Short. Short is out of Holmes Community College in Mississippi, and he was an all-conference player. And you look at Hatter, who in his junior year won a state championship. In his senior year, he changed schools and was a district MVP in the highest level of Texas football, right? So these are two decorated players who are coming in to try to fill a void left by Shador Sanders, not to mention you have guys on the roster who are also looking to fill the void left by Sanders. We'll see which of these players are able to do it, but they should definitely be a part of the conversation i'm not going to say it's a one-on-one battle but it should be two players who jump in the conversation quick and if hatter doesn't win the job he's a freshman you can redshirt him and that's that's easy right so it's just that simple and going forward i'll talk about why it's important with all of this talent coming in why this was a pivotal moment for jackson state to make sure they hit big during early signing day before i get into that however today's episode is brought to you by linkedin and i'll tell you guys for all my small business owners this is the place to be, right? Christmas just ended, but that doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean that the the, the heat is over, the, the rush is over. Let's go ahead and get these guys in. And not everybody works in commerce. Not everybody works in retail, right? So even if you aren't in retail, you are going to need qualified candidates for your job. This is year round, not just a, a temporary job, not just seasonal. This is a year round thing that you need to be using LinkedIn because they're going to have people who are qualified and let you know they're qualified before you ever have to talk to them. So you don't even have to waste your time figuring it out. So often we talk to people in like, they don't even level, they don't even measure up to what we thought or what we needed. Take that, take that stress out with LinkedIn. And if you need a job, make sure you put your resume and put all of your qualifications on LinkedIn so people know to reach out to you. It's really that simple. Use the purple hashtag hiring frame and it's free. It's free. That's right. No money. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Peter Bukowski on Locked on Sports today, breaking down all of the national stories with the local experts. And I hope you guys enjoyed the little 2022 recap that we had on yesterday's episode. I thought it was pretty fun and a nice way to kind of, you know, kind of wind down the end of the year. It was, it was, it was pretty good, right? I think I might even do my own HBCU exclusive year in recap. I don't know when I'll do it, though. Maybe Thursday. Maybe I'll do an extra episode on Saturday or something. I don't know, but it'll be very interesting to see. I, I might even open up the year and just say looking back at 2022 and then looking forward to 2023. Who knows, right? We'll, we'll definitely see how we do it. And I'll think about it as the year, as the week goes on, right? I got a little bit of time to think about it. It's only Tuesday. I got some time to think about that. But I want to talk about why Jackson State is so important. As far as, excuse me, Jackson State's recruiting class is so important. Because a lot of schools had good recruiting classes. A lot of them did. But this is one of the most important, if not the most important. And that's because of where Jackson State stood going into early signing day. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but let's be completely honest and be completely transparent, at least from my perspective. Respect my perspective, right? 
You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna knock y'all. Jackson State had question marks. T.C. Taylor is a question mark. You know, I like T.C. And I think the guys are rallying around him. But it was a question mark. We don't know what he's going to be like as a head coach. It's not Deion Sanders. And a lot of people are looking like, okay, forget that. A lot of players are strongly connected to the guy who recruited them. Whether that's Deion Sanders or whoever. A lot of players are connected to the guy who recruited them. And a lot will go with them. A lot of that will sway a person's decision. It just so happens to be magnified because we're talking about Deion Sanders. But this happens all across the country. You recruiting somebody, they leave towards the end of your recruitment. I don't know if I really want to go to that school. That's the person I had a connection to, you know? So um, with Jackson State, you're sitting at a situation where you need to establish a little bit of, of, of steadiness. You need, to, you need to make sure the appeal of the J is still there. And these are things we kind of touched on at the beginning of last segment. But um, perception and reality are extremely close. Right. So I'm saying this for the Jackson State fans who tell me, you know, there's only five players who entered the transfer portal I or, or in the portal transfer. I don't know. I don't know where they got this number five from. I was so confused. I was so confused. I've seen two players or two people say it. One said it directly to me and one just said it on, on a tweet. I, it feels like more than five. It felt like more than five. So I decided to go do my research. On three says 15 players entered the transfer portal. Maybe they were saying that only five actually transferred thus far. I don't know. Niles Gaddy just uh, had entered the transfer portal and decided to step out. Maybe, right? But here's the thing. It feels like a lot. And this is why I get back to my point that I was making before I started saying why I was going to make it. Perception and reality, they're very important. The perception and the reality aren't all the way separate, right? Because you look at... Yes, the reality is what it is, but your perception can, you know, can really impact that. How people feel, you know, if they feel like, oh, y'all ain't got it together. You might feel like we got it together, but if you don't feel like you got it together, people might not want to come to the school. And now that begins to impact and that begins to affect the reality. So perception is very important. And the perception is that Jackson State was losing a lot of people. And who knows if I'm conflating entering the transfer portal and uh, um, entering the draft. But there seemed to be a lot of talent from 2022. That was either in the portal and was questioning whether they're going to come back or in the draft and deciding not to come back. It really doesn't matter which way it was. It's about the departure. Don't matter which way you can take the back roads. You can take the highway. As long as you get to your destination, you got to your destination. And that's kind of what it felt like. So you needed to kind of steady the boat. And I feel like this was a great recruiting class to do that. You got Isaiah Guthrie, one of the biggest HBCU transfers out. And he had been teasing that decision all year long. The hype was there. You got uh, Tristan Sion. You're looking at a guy who's a four-star recruit, three-star and some, right? But we're still gonna we're gonna roll with the four-star because he's been four in a couple of publications. You're looking at retaining Sevion Wilkerson. Those are all important moves. I'm not even sure which one is the most important. I kind of lean towards uh Sion because um this is a player who, first off, does study the boat because he's a he is a high ranking uh, uh high school recruit, but then also he shows the appeal of the J is still there. And that was something that a lot of people were going to question. People questioned with Deion Sanders leaving if that J was still going to roll over and mean the same, right? Because you have a lot more eyes when it's Deion Sanders. You get the number one recruit in the nation. You get a guy like Kevin Coleman. And they wanted to know if there was going to be some residual left over, if it was going to be a start-stop with him or it was going to be a start and we continue. And it looks like it's continuing. This is only early signing day. If we're talking about rolling over, this momentum should carry you into 
the spring as well. So these are all going to be important moments to build up to the fall season because first off, you got your running back stand, you got a high-ranking safety out of high school or defensive back out of high school, and you got arguably the biggest HBCU transfer of this period. Those are all important. You have steadied the ship. You have steadied the boat, and that was the key moment of early signing day. You need to make sure that you did not look weak. You did. You actually look pretty strong. Matter of fact, you. I would even say so far, I wouldn't even say you didn't look weak, right? That's non-committal. You look strong, and strength is going to show itself in National Signing Day in the spring. So that's why I thought it was very important. Good timing, and you executed. You did everything you needed to do at a moment when you needed to do it. And going forward, we're going to be talking about Texas Southern. A lot of people are going to put uh, you know, a ton of eyes on them. But I'll tell you right now, we got a couple of players out there at TSU who are some receiving threats who I think are going to be very pivotal to the offense next year. And we'll break them down as we continue with Locked on HBCU. First, today's episode is brought to you by NHTSA. And this is a message, guys. There's really no excuse to drive under the influence. And I know a lot of people have heard me talk about driving under the influence of alcohol, but driving under the influence of drugs is right there, too. A lot of people think I'm just high. It ain't. I'm not impaired. No, you are. You completely are impaired. And you need to make sure that you have a ride. There's really no excuse, guys. Oh, I've done it before. Or I I never hurt nobody. I got home safe. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. I'm telling you right now, it is not worth it you can hurt yourself you can hurt somebody else right and i know a lot of people think oh i can get arrested i can get my uh, license taken man that's a blessing in a situation like this that's a blessing so let's just go ahead and stay safe let's go ahead and keep everybody on the road safe including yourself so that you can stay living you can keep breathing let's not drink and drive man drive sober or get pulled over As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we're going to the alma mater. I'm going to Texas Southern, baby. And I have two recruiting threats, or two, excuse me, two receiving threats who I believe are going to be impact players or have the ability to be impact players as a freshman. And it's very important. They highlight the early signing day class for TSU. TSU listed eight players in their recruiting class from the December segment, right? Because remember, you still have national signing day. So you might see some small classes. You might not see 15, 20 people all the time, but it's just the early period. It's just the early portion. So not everybody's going to be an early enrollee. But I look at two receiving threats, both from the high school ranks, right? I think they might only had one, maybe two actual transfers coming in from the early segment for TSU. So it wasn't many. They really did focus on going the high school route. And two of the three players I'm going to highlight are high school players. The last guy is a defensive lineman who is a transfer from Nickel State, who I will touch on just kind of briefly. But um, I think it's important to add some more weapons for Andrew Body in this offense. I really do. And I think Texas Southern has shown itself ready to take that next step. But you have to take it. Right. There's a lot of teams who have shown themselves to be ready for that next step. Not all of them actually went the next year and took it. If they want to, I think adding weapons for body is going to be important. They did add two quarterbacks and one's a freshman who I think is going to likely redshirt. Um, But you also, you know, you want to put some quarterbacks in the room. But you know body is the guy. Like I have no doubt that body is the guy for Texas Southern. And if you're looking at what they do, the mesh point is extremely important 
for Texas Southern, whether that's running, whether that's throwing, all of these things, you got to have the mesh. Because when you have a an effective running game in the way that they do, you're also going to want some players who you can just kind of throw it out too short. You can throw it too quick. Maybe you're at the mesh and you have an RPO type of offense where you can throw it to the wide receiver because we saw the same thing. That, that cornerback was a little bit off. We're going to go ahead and throw it quickly to this shifty receiver that we just got out of channel view. I think that these are aspects of the offense that can grow. And the offense can get even better in that aspect. So let's go ahead and break down because we talked about the usefulness of these players and the RPO. And they have different styles. And you'll hear how they have different styles. And I actually think they complement each other. But let's get into the players. First off, out of channel view, that, that shifty guy that I was talking about, you have Marquise Neal. Right? So when you look at Neal, he's a defensive back by TSU. That's what they have him listed at. Rivals has him as a as a wide receiver 24 7 has him as an athlete and i kind of think that 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 athlete or rivals has him athlete and 24 7 has him a wide receiver that athlete is probably the most applicable title to him you know that's probably the most applicable but i want to see him as a wide receiver i think that's where he can make the the quickest and most impact on this team in 2023 that's what i want to see out of him when i look at neil i look at a player who yeah he's a good he's a good cornerback i take nothing from him but focusing on that wide receiver position he's also a kick returner which gives him one of his biggest strengths as a receiver and it's three of them one he has the ability in space to take over right you give him the ball behind the line of scrimmage he can take off right because he's a kick returner he understands how to operate in space. He understands how to read his blocks. So a jailbreak screen, that ain't nothing. That's a, a heavy part of his offense. Quick, let him run. Get the ball in his hand and let him do what he does. Get out the way, right? It's kind of like I look at screens with players like that as ISO in basketball. Get him the ball and let him do what he do. Get out the way. Unless you're a blocker, get in the way of somebody else. But then you also have the long speed. And he has the ability to burn you downfield. And you see that repeatedly. And those are both helped by his kick returner ability. You see it. Um, or both kind of shown in his kick returner, however you want to phrase it. But then lastly, he has the ability to high point the ball. And that's important for a guy who's only 5'10". Neil's not a huge receiver. He's only 5'10". But he also knows how to get up and get to the high point. He's not just burning people and just, all right, it's dropping in my bread basket every time. Sometimes he burns people and he looks back and he has to go up for the ball and he has to fight at the point of attack. So when you look at Neil, he's a guy who you give him the ball in space, let him do what he does in a, on a screen situation. You want him downfield, he can do that as well. So he can stretch the field. He can be a guy who you just get the ball to in space. But then also when he is downfield or when he has a contested catch, he knows how to high point at the attack point. He knows how to take the ball away, right? 50-50 balls feel like 75-25s when you're talking about Neil. Now you have another guy who's coming in who I also like, Rorion Robinson, or excuse me, Richardson. Rorion Richardson, that double R kind of switched me up. But um, Richardson is a player who, he doesn't play like that. He's good after the catch as well, but it's more of a route, put the foot in the ground, uh, explode out. It's different styles. They operate in different parts of the field, right? So you see Robinson, or man, that, that R is kicking my butt. And I, I wrote it down as Robinson the first time, and that's why it's slipping, or messing me up. But Richardson... He's a player who he operates in kind of that intermediate to short. When I'm seeing Neil, I see either behind the line of scrimmage, deep down the field, or we in the red zone. It's like, okay, you headed to the end zone. But um, for the most part, it's kind of a deeper shot, shorter shot, intermediate for Robert Richardson. That is something that, to me, is going to complement well because you can get both of them on the field. I just want some more talent for Andrew Body. I think they're ready. I've seen somebody say he's ready to be the best quarterback in the SWAC, and we will definitely see. We will definitely see. Jeremy Woos has something to say about that, but I think Andrew Body has something to say about 
what his third year is going to look like as well, right? We're going to see, but those are going to be important pieces. And then lastly, you're coming in with Ellenis Noel uh, the third, a defensive lineman out of Nickel State. That's going to be important. And going into the National Signing Day, I think that defensive line, and that's the only reason I mention him, because he's a defensive lineman, this should be an important part of, of Texas Southern's recruiting. It has to be. It has to be an important part of his recruiting because you are their recruiting because you can't get gals at the running in a running game like you did against Prairie View. You have to get more disruptive, right? You just don't have many disruptive defense alignment and D Anderson just left. So that number dwindled down even more. So whether that's Noel who has to be a part of the solution, he cannot be the solution. I know you want him to tap into his potential, but he is not the solution. He has to be part of the solution and whether it's him and a group of other people, you have to make sure that that defensive line is better than last year. And I highlight these three players because all of them could have an impact on Texas Southern not being ready to take that next step. They're already ready for it, but actually taking it. And going forward on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be breaking down more signing day news, more recruiting day. We're going to be talking about that for the next couple of days during this week. So go ahead and get ready because I am excited about it. Until next time we hear each other, guys, go ahead and make sure you're checking in to Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, wherever you get your podcast. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.